Hi, I'm John McDougall, and welcome to Legal Marketing Review. Today, my guest is Linda Pepe, Director of Marketing and Communication at Burns and Levinson. Welcome, Linda. Hi, John. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Linda, how important is it that an attorney is an authority in their main practice area versus trying to be good at too many areas of law? Um, you know, that's a really good question, John. I, I think that so many attorneys these days practice in a variety of practice groups that it can be really tempting to try and be all things to all people by writing about all of them. Um, I'd caution against that, though, because uh, I think it's much better to pick out an area that's really your specialty and focus on it. Then you can show the world um, and, and potential clients, of course, your expertise in that area and why they should be hiring you rather than your competitor. Um, when potential clients are looking for an attorney, it's usually because they've got a specific issue. So, so that's why focusing on, on specific issues and specific practices are, are a smarter way to go. And do people generally hire on uh, based on a law firm's brand or an individual or individual attorneys? And how much influence do attorneys of substance and their website bio pages have on hiring decisions? This is a key question, really. And, and I, honestly, I've heard it debated both ways. But I believe that I, while a law firm's brand and reputation is very, very important, that the most critical thing is an individual attorney's personal brand. Um, clients work with attorneys. And they want to know that they're hiring the best person, <laughs> emphasis on person for their work. And, and I've also heard clients say that they want to make sure that they like the person, so that they can enjoy, at least as much as possible, working with them. Now, as far as the influence of bio pages, beyond a doubt, attorney bio pages are the most visited pages of a website. Um, I've worked at a few firms both international, national, and regional firms. And, and I've also worked as a consultant and, and had the opportunity to go behind the scenes and review the, the website Google, Google Analytics on, on a number of websites. Each and every time, consistently, the attorney bio pages are the most realistic. Now, you know, we need to be realistic. In the, I mean, excuse me, the most visited, but we need to be realistic. No one is going to hire an attorney solely based on their bio page. But it really does serve to help um, credential and validate a choice of attorney. Yeah, and we've heard that in a lot of our interviews. It's it's amazing just how consistent that is, uh, and we've seen it in in analytics as well that the bio pages are highly visited, and it's amazing how some attorneys really do a thorough job of it, and they have their, you know, connections to LinkedIn and Twitter and blog posts that they've written and you know verdicts and. Uh, settlements and things like that, as well as some personal information, all kinds of stuff, and others are pretty lifeless. So there's a pretty good discrepancy. Would you, would you say uh, that that's true across bio pages? Absolutely. And and you know, if there's one page that's going to be kept up to date, that I mean, besides the homepage, that's really the most important page because it's the most visited. So. Um, I would recommend that for any attorney and any marketing person working with the attorneys, make sure you keep it up to date. Um, the attorneys are usually out there. They're meeting clients. They're doing speaking engagements. They're, they're writing. They're doing various things. Make sure you put that up on your, your website. You need to keep that up to date and need to keep it fresh. It's, it's critical. And when you first look at an attorney website, how do you know if their firm or is, is credible and if they can be trusted? Um, well, for me, um, first I like to look and see if the website has any depth or if it just looks like brochureware. Now, hopefully there aren't too many sites 
like that around anymore. Um, but the next thing I do is I, I look for content because content is very important to me. I like to see, are the attorneys writing? Are they showing that they're thought leaders? How recently was the website content updated? And also, are they using social media? Are they blogging? Are they tweeting? And, and additionally, um, then I'd take a look and see what kind of recognition have they gotten. Have they, you know, are, are they ranked in chambers or best lawyers, super lawyers, et cetera? I think all that's important. And what are some of the most important, um, you know, thought leadership activities for attorneys, the blogging, public relations, being an author, bio pages, client alerts and newsletters, social media? Out of all that stuff, is there, you know, is it kind of one or the other is most important? Well, in, in my mind, it's a key. You want to use as many, as many tools and as many methods as you can. But, I mean, but really, when you think about, when I think about a marketing strategy, there's three basic areas to consider. I mean, the first is, is what's called owned media. That's the content that the law firms produce on their own, such as their blogs, their client updates, their newsletters, and their videos. The second area is earned media. Um, this is the independent editorial content, um, like mentions in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, and, and all the various um, PR activities. And then the third is paid media, and that refers to various pay-to-play mediums, um, such as I, I know there, there are some speaking engagements and roundtables, which are kind of pay-to-play, um, and it also refers to the distribution partners that you can work with to help push that content out. Um, now, as to thought leadership specifically, writing is really key to raising an attorney's personal brand. It shows their expertise. It increases their visibility, and it also raises the results in Google searches. And importantly, it can get them exposure to journalists. Um, which can earn you the, the earned media. Um, so I, I would say that writing and blogging is key. Um, I, I think the figure was um, about 55% of in-house counsel say that a legal blog can actually influence their hiring decision. Um, and as I mentioned, additionally, blogging helps show that you're an expert to journalists. And um, those editorial mentions that you get when a, a journalist contacts you and, and you get a quote in, in the publication, um, those are considered some of the most credible sources of information for in-house counsel. Now, as far as social networks as well, if an attorney is only one place, it needs to be LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn profiles will rise to the top of Google searches, and more in-house counsel are on LinkedIn than any other social network. And typically, that's one of the places they go as well to see if to, to see what a attorney's LinkedIn profile looks like, and to see if they know anyone that is connected to someone they're considering, so they can get a personal recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. Those are some great tips. Um, thanks for speaking to us today, Linda. Any other um, uh, any other thoughts, or, or, or I should say, how, how how can people get a hold of you? Is there a, uh, what what's your website address? Oh. Um, you can either reach me via email at lpepe, and that's P uh, L and P E P E at burnslev.com, or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and mention this podcast. Absolutely. And uh, check out legalmarketingreview.com, and we'll have part two coming up soon with Linda. And for more information on legal marketing, and I'm John McDougall. See you next time on Legal Marketing Review. Thank you, John. Absolutely. Thank you.